0: What's going on, everybody? I hope this finds you striving and thriving and doing absolutely amazing. My name is Brian Martin. I'm a second grade teacher and host of the Teaching Champions podcast. And today we have a special conversation for you. Dr. Julie schmidt Hassan joins us today. And she's a third generation educator who spent decades as a teacher and principal in K-12 schools before becoming a professor in educational leadership She's also an author, a TEDx speaker, a consultant, and keynote speaker. And in this episode, listen, as we dive into the importance of pausing, pondering, and persisting. Listen, as we dive into tools and strategies that can help regulate yourself. Listen, as we talk about humble inquiry and the difference that it can make, and the importance of showing ourselves grace. Now, if you think someone would benefit from this conversation, please share. This community is all about supporting, encouraging, and lifting each other up. And we're all about amplifying the voice of others who are doing some amazing things and have a special message to share. And Dr. Julie Schmidt-Hassen is one of those people. So be sure to hit the subscribe button as well so new episodes come directly to you. And before we get into this episode, I want to share an amazing opportunity.
1: Hello, middle-level educators. Are you looking for a nationwide type of conference at the fraction of the cost? The North Carolina Association for Middle-Level Education welcomes you to Charlotte, North Carolina, March 24th through the 26th for the 2024 NCMLE Inspire Conference. My name is David James, NCMLE Marketing and Conference Director, and I want to personally invite you to our annual conference. You will not want to miss our keynote and featured speakers that lead over 100 middle specific teaching and learning sessions. Our featured lineup includes EDU experts from across the country, such as Principal and Leadership Expert, Baruti Kafele, Darren Peppard, LaQuanta Nelson, Zach Bowermaster, and the guest on this Teaching Champions podcast. The NCMLE Inspire Conference is for everyone. Go to ncmle.org today to register your team for the 2024 NCMLE Inspire Conference. Let's dive into
0: this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I am super excited for this episode. We have someone who is so amazing, has so much wisdom, is going to share us with so many great takeaways. It's going to truly help us for the remainder of the school year. We are lucky enough to be joined by Dr. Julie Schmidt Hassan. Dr. Hassan, welcome to the Teaching Champions podcast, my friend.
2: Hey, Brian. You and I have so much to talk about, including our favorite people ever second graders. We share the love of teaching second grade. So I'm so excited to talk with you.
0: Yeah, so We were just talking beforehand, like uh, second grade, beautiful grade level. You get to see all that growth. They're still excited about coming to school.
2: Oh, the sweet spot. They're starting to write, and they will write you little letters, and (laughs) it's just awesome.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Now, for the people that aren't familiar with you, Dr. Hassan, would you mind giving a little information about yourself?
2: Sure. So... Like we said, second grade teacher, always primary grades for about fifteen years, K through three. So teacher, turned elementary school principal, turned professor and researcher, and now I am a professor in educational leadership and a researcher at Appalachian State University in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of Western North Carolina.
0: Yes, and you have so much from being a TEDx speaker to writing multiple books and One that I want to dive into is your most recent one called Pause, Ponder and Persist. Because I think that's so important. You have so many gems in that book. Uh, would you mind giving us like, what is this book? Why did you write it? What's you, what are you so passionate about within it?
2: I started as a researcher and a writer in 2015 studying teacher impact, which we know happens in the context of a relationship between a teacher and a student. So I wrote a book, Safe, Seen, and Stretched in the classroom about that. And then a little something happened around 2020 <laughs> <laughs> that shifted all of us a bit. And I wanted to see how teachers were navigating challenges in a way that helped them feel satisfied and joyful in teaching instead of stressed out and burning out. So I spent hundreds of hours interviewing and observing teachers who were really effectively navigating the demands of the work. And I know they probably didn't call it Pause, Ponder, and Persist when I interviewed them, but when I put all of their stories and all of those observations together, that was clearly the three things they did. They paused. They took a deep breath. They regulated their emotions really well. They got curious. They pushed aside assumptions. They pondered the situation mm-hmm. and what, how they were thinking about it. And then they were super persistent because we know this is an up and down, good days, rough days kind of work. And somehow they rode those waves. And at the end of the day or the week, they still found some moments of gratitude and joy in teaching. And I knew I needed that. And I wanted to share that with other teachers who needed that too.
0: Yes. Oh, and it's so good. You know, I, uh... You kindly blessed me with a copy of it. So I had the opportunity to dive into it and let let's break it down a little bit. Because you you're right. The work day, the year is a marathon. There's yeah. ups and downs, twists and turns, and but there's strategies that we can use to really help us on those tough days. The tough days make them a little better, make those great days last a little bit longer. So when when we pause. What can we do with that
2: and pause really is for both right the hard times and the good times because when we pause when there's a challenge or a difficult situation especially when it's an unexpected challenge which almost all challenges are we Mm -hmm. go in the day knowing there are going to be challenges but not knowing (laughs) when they're going to come and what they're going to be because we work with unpredictable little humans
0: (laughs) yes (laughs) so
2: when an unexpected challenge happens, we can deal with it in a couple of ways. One is we can get really frustrated and look at it as an interruption, a disruption, a frustration, let it knock us off course, or we can pause, take a couple deep breaths. I think we underestimate the value of a couple deep breaths. Yes. Let go of some of that rising emotion, um, regulate it so we can also decide what that emotion is and what it means. If like, for example, if my stomach hurts and I just ate a really big meal, I can attribute that feeling to the really big meal. Or if my stomach hurts and I just had an argument with my partner, I'll attribute it to that. So in one case, I'll take medicine. In one case, I might call the counselor or the therapist.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Same sensation in my body. I make two different interpretations and it influences my action. So we can interpret those feelings however we want. Mm -hmm. If we feel ourselves getting anxious or frustrated, we can say, okay, that just means that I care really deeply about this, this kid and this work, and I'm determined. So it's, It's those two things. It's taking the breath and releasing some of that tension. And it's also using that good emotional regulation to decide what we're feeling and what it means. And that's really the pause part of it.
0: Yes, I I think, you know, that self-awareness, being Mm -hmm. extremely self-aware, that's one of the things that, that all of us should strive to do something that you know I talk about striving to do it, and it's something that I have to work at daily, and I'm still learning more and okay. uh in in that pause piece it was really interesting. I was listening to uh i forget the gentleman's name um he's the most the winningest coach in n c a and it's a sport that uh it's not the mainstream football baseball basketball it's some you know uh a little lesser known sport. But he was talking, he's won all these NCA championships, and he talks about the pause, and he says when he goes and he talks to people about the pause, especially like athletes, right because athletes, you know their game is going so quick, so right. many emotions based in it that they need sometimes that pause with the emotions he He talks about the Oreo like uh mm-hmm. so you you have the the trigger, which is the the one wafer. And then the other uh, wafer is like how you handle that situation. Yeah. And he says the, the cream inside is that pause.
2: Oh, and he I says
0: when you take that. out that cream, is you you know you just r- run by your emotions. Right. But he says, you know, make that Oreo like a double stuffed Oreo. <laughs> and, and, you know, where you're using, just like you talked about, that breath.
2: Yeah. And
0: that self regulation, asking yourself questions.
2: Yeah. What am I feeling? And where am I? For me, if my shoulders are up to my ears, like I know there's some tension and I'm going to have to take a couple breaths and let that go. So it, you're right. It's knowing yourself, knowing your body, knowing your tendencies and what triggers you and mm-hmm. what makes you impatient. And also knowing when you're coming into a day already tired. Or already mm-hmm. not in your best place and knowing you're going to have to be really careful that day because we can just keep going and going and going and not even realize we're not okay. And then we're more likely to snap at a kid or a colleague mm-hmm. or a family member and regret something we said or did.
0: What's something that, that you do to help outside of the breathing? Do you have any other strategies like, uh, you, you know, to, to self-regulate, to bring yourself back?
2: So many. And sometimes it's just having a mantra, you know, something mm-hmm. that when you take the breath, you say to yourself, I oh, have this great friend, Lori Keating, who was a kindergarten teacher with me and taught my daughter in kindergarten and hundreds mm-hmm. of kindergartners. I mean, if anyone needs a pause, it's our kindergarten <laughs> teacher <laughs> friend. Yes, And she would, when she took a breath, she would pat her chest like really softly and say to herself, I am loving and patient and kind. And my Mm -hmm. response will be loving and patient and kind. And one day I ran into Lori at the end of a a crazy Monday and she said, Jules, I think my chest is bruised today because I did it so much. But you just have to find what works for you. For Lori, like that mantra was something she got so automatic and it really did bring her down and help her choose the most helpful response with her kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I like like to just like release the shoulders and breathe. And that helps me. Um, but whatever works best for you, I think you have to do.
0: Yes, that's all. That's so good. Those, those mantras, the, the breathing, whether it's like tightening the muscles up and then just relaxing them.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. What, yeah. what works best for you? So good. Yeah. And now, so we pause. And then you have this ponder piece. What's that all about?
2: She's my favorite piece. There are two authors, their father and son. I want to say it's Edgar and Peter Schein. And they mm-hmm. wrote a book called Humble Inquiry. And their premise is that we first have to recognize what we don't know. And then we have to recognize that other people have information we need. So like our second graders have information we need in order to teach them well. Mm-hmm. So there's a humbleness to curiosity, acknowledging that other people know things we don't know and we need to know. And then there's this wondering and curiosity and asking yourself some questions. What is the most helpful, generous response I can give right now? Um, what assumptions am I making about this kid or this situation? Because assumptions are never helpful. Nobody likes mm-hmm. to be on the receiving end of somebody's assumptions. And Bad information can lead us to make a bad decision. So it's just once we pause and we get ourselves regulated to just get really curious. What's really going on here? What do I need to know to make a great decision?
0: Yes. No, I I think that I love that humble inquiry. Because it, you know, it is so important. Like with the second graders, you know, we absolutely love them. But sometimes they do some stuff that that you scratch your head at. And (laughs) I know that there's been some times when when someone's done something, and I'm, you know, my initial reaction is, you know, maybe I want to say something a little bit louder that then I I really want to come across. But when I when I take that breath. And I ask them, you know, instead of just, just coming at them, like, what are you thinking? Like, what? Yeah. why did you do that? Yes. And then they give their explanation. And uh, sometimes it, it, okay, I understand a little bit. It might not have been the best decision, but I understand why you did that.
2: Yeah, I was working with middle school teachers a couple weeks ago, doing a training, all beginning teachers, all beginning middle school teachers, (laughs) bless them. Yes. I gave this example. So you're teaching a lesson. You just gave clear directions about what to do next for independent work. And from the back of the room, you hear, you know, that teeth sucking sound that teenagers do that. Yep. (laughs) You hear that. And you hear a student say, I'm not doing that. And what's your initial response? Um, so they talk about, oh, I feel frustrated for sometimes for beginning teachers. There's a fear there that I'm going to lose control of mm-hmm. this situation, of this class. Get a handle on those emotions. And then what could you assume about this kid? It's a disrespectful kid, it's an unmotivated kid. You can make all kinds of assumptions, push all mm-hmm. that aside ask some questions. In this case, not a why question, because that'll get you a defensive middle schooler. (laughs) Why did you say that? Why aren't you doing your work? Instead a how or a what question. Mm -hmm. What's got you stuck? How can I help you get started? And just that little shift makes such a difference because less conflict with a kid, makes teaching so much better.
0: <laughs> yes, it does. And I, I love that. Sometimes it's just that initial, they just need that initial little push, that initial, mm-hmm. like if, if they're overwhelmed or yeah. don't want to get started, you know, how can I help you get it started?
2: Yeah. Where are you stuck? Because sometimes it, it, they just don't have the prerequisite skills or, you know, there's mm-hmm. a million possibilities. We don't know unless we ask them. And if they trust us, they will tell us.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then we have this persist. What uh, What can we do with the persist?
2: We Persist is everything in this work, <laughs> isn't it? There's a theory I love called, it's an organizational theory. It's more in business than in education, as most great organizational theories are. It's called the Jobs Demand Resources Theory. And it says if we have more demands whether that's workload, not enough time, you know, all the things we have as teachers, great demand that we can't necessarily control. We have to have equal or more resources built up to meet those demands. So it Mm -hmm. really is building up the inner resources and the practices to navigate those demands without stressing out and burning out. And that's the persist, thinking about what do I need to develop in me or around me because Part of Persist is a supportive group of colleagues and friends in order to navigate those demands without burning out.
0: Yes. And uh, you know what? Uh, I talk about it a lot, like the people that we surround ourselves with. When you talk about like persistence and having that great group of friends, th- it can take you one or two ways. You know, uh, the people we s- surround ourselves with, they're planting seeds in our mind and uh And we, sometimes we don't even realize it, but it can, and they don't do it intentionally, but if they're very negative, if they're, if Mm -hmm. it's uh, just, everything's going to bother you at school, like it's going to affect you. You're going to start looking for all the negatives and there's always going to be negatives. Right. You know, but, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: No, I'm a great, totally agreeing with you. And I think sometimes in schools, we bond by complaining. Yes. And. With our teacher friends, like just getting together and complaining is a way that we have see each other and find some common ground and find that bonding. We've got to find something else to pond over because that will wear us out.
0: Yes. Yes. Just taking some time. I was just talking to somebody and I loved it. And my my last guest, he was over, over in Spain. Awesome guy. And he was talking about, you know, going through the school and looking for the magic that's taking place.
2: Oh, I love and
0: that. And yeah, I loved how he, he he talked about like the magic. Like if you're open to it, and and you just walk around your school, you're gonna see some good things, and I you mean, need to see them. Like we said, there's gonna be negatives, but if if you you see the kids and you hear the learning that's taking place, you, you hear some master teachers and your colleagues, good. it's just yeah.
2: Is there any place? Where we're more likely to find magic than in a school. I would, no way. I had this colleague when I was a very new young teacher. Her name was Mae Simmons. She was an older teacher. She taught third grade and she was always so happy and so engaged. And she had survived recently breast cancer. So like if anybody had reason to complain about a lot of things, it was Mae. She never did. And one day, you can tell I started teaching in the 90s because they were doing double dutch with the jump ropes on the playground Uh. (laughs) and may would be in there jumping rope and i think i must have had a really hard week and i walked into may's room and i'm like may what is your secret and she said honey when it gets hard you play harder and i always thought that was such good advice yes have an emergency hula hoop or whatever whatever Mm -hmm. you gotta do (laughs) But if we just we're in the perfect place to play, just play Mm -hmm. a little bit and see if that doesn't shift and adjust it.
0: Yes. And I I love how you went to uh, like diving into your colleagues, like going into May's classroom and asking, like, what's your secret or going into your colleagues? uh, I had uh, my colleague next door. She's absolutely amazing. And she had an awesome bulletin board. They crushed her. I, I work with all these ladies. They crush me on the <laughs> bulletin boards. I can't. I can't. I can't touch them. And uh, but hers was super cool. And I just stopped in, and you know, I was, I was telling her how amazing it was, and asking her about it and stuff. Like just, just sharing something small like that, like it, it helps bring them up, but it helps us out too.
2: Yeah, and what a gift to notice. Something that a colleague has done well and give a sincere compliment or praise. Like, there's nothing better than that. Yes. So instead of complaining, let's bond by finding reasons to compliment each other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Find reasons to laugh. Share, share the, the funny, silly, the head scratching moments. It, All uh,
2: things. Because let's face it, crazy stuff happens in school. <laughs> and if you can't <laughs> laugh about it, it will make you crazy. So, yes of humor is probably the best persistence strategy ever.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it truly is. And, uh, you know, you talk a lot about, too, which I love, is, like, reframing and mm-hmm. how we think about problems. Can you dive into a little, like, your mentality towards that?
2: You know, it's easy to get tangled up in the challenges and thrown off course and frustrated. And so I decided I'm going to go into the day expecting challenges. They're going to come and just with a sort of bring it on attitude. And I'm going to look in those challenges and see what are the opportunities there because it's either and maybe both an opportunity for me to grow, grow my skills, get a little stronger, become a Mm -hmm. better person, a more patient person. Or it's an opportunity to leverage that challenge and make an impact on a student. Because if it's like our kid who made the teeth-sucking sound and said, I'm not Mm -hmm. doing that. There's an opportunity there to connect with that kid, to find out what's going on, to provide some support, to build a relationship, and to build the confidence of that student. Like in Mm -hmm. any challenge, there's an opportunity. We may not like it at first, but but it's there. And my dad, who's an excellent, speaking of sports, an excellent mm-hmm. golfer he's 85 now he's still an excellent golfer and he awesome. would say sometimes you hit the best shots from a bad lie and I think uh-huh. that's reframing like you've got a bad lie you know you're in the on the edge of the water or in the sand and you can hit a pretty good shot from a bad lie if you're strategic and you think through it and you ask some questions and you have the right mindset
0: mm-hmm I think, uh, asking questions is so huge. I know one thing that really made it a goal myself this year is, uh, you know, I, I, I need to pause, ponder and persist a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> Brian, but, I'm
2: still working on it,
0: <laughs> but you know, sometimes i sometimes like, I come home frustrated, maybe a, a lesson didn't go well, a situation didn't go well. And, uh. I'm not always good. Hopefully it doesn't come out on the outside, but like internally, and it's just, I wear that heavy, that, that weight on my shoulders. But when I'm able to come home at night and I can separate from that situation a little bit, then I start asking myself the questions and it's always, you know, not blame and putting any other blame, but how can I, like you just talked about, how can I make myself better? What are the opportunities in this situation? What did I learn? What can I do tomorrow differently that's going to help this situation out?
2: Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's so simple, but it's not easy. It takes yeah. practice. It takes intention. It takes time and reflection.
0: hmm Yes. And sometimes, you know, what? It, uh, it's one of those things where you can be great at it one day. And then the next day, you, you definitely, maybe you take a couple steps back. But you just, uh, like you said, you just got to keep at it.
2: Keep going. And, and you give yourself grace. I mean, we give our students so much grace, but we're so hard on ourselves. And we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace too. And I think kids learn from a real sincere apology as much as from anything else.
0: Yes. Yes. I it, it, Like modeling that for them. You know, the power of an apology. Yeah. So important. Now, is there anything else from the book that that I haven't talked about? Like, what's one question? I've heard this asked before, so I'll throw it out there. Like, what's one question that I haven't asked you about the book that you wish I did?
2: Oh, I mean, you so thoroughly unpacked this pause, ponder, and purchase framework. The only thing I would add, and we talked about it a little at the beginning, is we think about pausing in a difficult situation. You talked about the magic. I think we have to think about pausing in a beautiful moment and savoring it. Mm -hmm. because That will build up some stored resilience for the difficult situations. And when you have that moment of gratitude for a colleague or for something that's happened or that moment of joy or like may, you know, a couple minutes to play, to just stop and pause then and savor that moment. So it will fuel you when the hard moment comes again. Oh,
0: yeah, I absolutely love that. And that, that's someone, like I heard a, a podcast a while back, I forget who, who was talking about, but they said, like, grab your joy.
2: Oh, and that's,
0: you know, that. like grabbing your joy, going out in the day. And, and what she was talking about is, um, maybe it was Sarah Silverman. Uh, she's a comedian. She had a podcast. Right. And she was saying during COVID, she lost someone that was really important to her. And she mm-hmm. went into a state of depression. And she said her mom said, you need to go out right now. Get your pet. Go on a walk. And look for those good moments like you were talking about. And you need to hold on to those. Grab your joy. Yeah. Because, yeah, the the day, there's going to be tough moments. But I love how you said it builds your resilience. It helps you feel better if you're conscious. And you, you have to be conscious. You have to be aware and look for them. But, uh, yeah, so, and if you're, like, we're both second-grade teachers. Like, you know, if you think back to your time in the classroom, like sitting next to a kid and listening to them read. And, or when they light up, we're working on regrouping right now. And uh, today was the first day of regrouping, so oh, there, there was right. some head-scratching <laughs> moments. But hopefully next week, we'll see uh, them when they see that they can do it on their own yes. and see the possibilities that they light up and that, seeing that.
2: That light bulb moment when they suddenly understand what it means to regroup. Like, it's 10 things, and I'm moving them over to this side, and you just see them suddenly understand not just the process but the concept yes but oh it takes such time and patience
0: <laughs> yes 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 it does so yeah, grabbing on to those moments is so key
2: it is it really and I mean whether you're second grade or school principal or professor like me whatever role you're in you just have mm-hmm. to look for those those joyful moments
0: yeah, uh, so it's not even you, you know, uh it's not even just in school too. Like outside, uh last night we I got home or the night before I got home late. And where I'm at and probably where where you're at too, like there there's not a lot of street lights. So it's really not. dark in my neighborhood. <laughs> and and there was there was no cloud, so the, the sky was just crystal clear and you could see all the stars and everything. And it's just like before going in, like pausing in the driveway. And and just taking it all all in, it just uh, like like a little moment, like oh, that it's amazing.
2: It's the best, you know. I've I lived in Florida almost all my life until we moved to Western North Carolina, and we've had a couple snowy nights where it's those big, fat, floaty flakes, mm-hmm. and you just watch it float down, and it is. I'm with you. Like You just have to sit, pull your chair up by a window and just sit and watch and take it in. It's so beautiful. Yes.
0: Grab that cup of coffee and maybe that blanket and just sit by and watch it come down.
2: Watch it. It's so peaceful and beautiful.
0: Yes. Oh, so good, my friend. Now, how about, I know you have uh, chalk and chances, correct? Would you share a little bit about that?
2: When I started doing this research in 2015, I was inspired by my first grade teacher, Mrs. Russell, who retired that year and I became her principal her last three years of teaching. So was so special to me in so many ways. And all I wanted to do was research the ways teachers like Mrs. Russell say and do things that make this lasting impact on our lives. And after I talked to enough people and collected enough stories, My daughter, who's also a teacher, third grade teacher, said this should be a blog. And her fiance at the time, who was a marketing major, said, you're going to have to have a name for a blog. (laughs) (laughs) Just call it Julie's blog. You're going to have to name it something. So we thought through, like, what do we name a blog? And he said, what did Mrs. Russell use to make a difference in your life? And I said, well, it's in the seventies, so it was chalk, a lot of chalk, mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of chances. So it became our company is chalk and chances, really, because of Mrs. Russell.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and that's beautiful. where we
2: house all the stories and and all the resources.
0: Excellent. Is there one story like it that oh, really pops out to you?
2: There's so many. I mean, every my husband says every time a new one comes, it's my favorite teacher story. Mm-hmm. But the one that starts the pause, ponder, and persist book about Marcus and his Homec teacher and stealing chocolate chip cookies. So they had cooked in Homec. He loved mm. Homeck. Mrs. Pope, his teacher, said when they cool, you can eat one. He knew she saw him put three in his pocket when she said, Marcus, you're gonna have to stay after class and he expected a lecture to be excluded from cooking again, maybe a referral, and instead she paused and she asked a question, are you hungry? And he was. His dad had left, they didn't have food at home, there was no electricity, and she started with the ladies in her church group bringing him bags of food, washing his clothes in the home Mm -hmm. ec room, and she really changed the trajectory of his life, She's, he said, she's the only reason I ate most nights in high school. So that to me is the essence of pause, ponder, persist. She could have made all these assumptions about this kid. Mm -hmm. He's a thief. He has no self control. You know what? He's disrespectful, but instead she pushed all that aside and just said, are you hungry? And like fed his body, mind and soul through high school years and beyond. It's. It's such a beautiful, sweet model of the impact we can make on a kid's life. You know, he credits her for the man he became because she fed him, you know, in every way. Mm -hmm. So I think that one will always be hard to beat.
0: Yes. Oh, so good. So good. This work that you're doing, so important and shining a light on those stories because that's the inspiration. Just hearing that, just that Mm -hmm. reminder of who we can strive to be. Oh, so good, Dr. Hanson.
2: And it makes you think, I had to think myself, like, would I have written a referral on a hungry kid? Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe. But now that I've heard that story, I, I think a little more before I make those decisions.
0: Yeah, we might pause a little bit. Pause oh, a little
2: you. bit. Practicing. Still working on it.
0: <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. So Dr. Haston, two of my favorite questions I love to ask right. is what uh do you have any like favorite podcasts that you like to listen to or favorite books that you would recommend to people out there?
2: So many of both. Um and I love podcasts. I love yours. So I'm so excited that we finally get to talk. Um I my dear friend. Childhood friend Laura Estes Willie is a great high school English teacher, and we do the Lessons That Last podcast
1: every awesome. week where
2: we take a story, one of those teacher impact stories, like Marcus and Mrs. Pope, and we kind of unpack it and talk about it. But I'm not gonna say my own is my favorite.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but I have, there's so many. I have a friend, Matthew Green from Australia, who does the mm-hmm. Art of Teaching podcast. I don't know if you've heard the Art no. of Teaching. It's great. Um and he has a cool Australian accent. So check
0: out. <laughs> Makes it even better right there. Yes,
2: yes. Tons of books. There's one sitting next to me um, that I need to finish. It is the Arthur Brooks and Oprah build the life you want about happiness. So I'm working my way through that one. I could go on and on about books and podcasts.
0: Awesome. Arthur Brooks has uh, some great books out there that I definitely mm-hmm. want to check. That, is that one really good?
2: It is good and it it again it's simple but not easy practices that lead to happiness.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. And what other books have you written because I know that you have more than Pause, Ponder, Persist. What are uh, your other books?
2: I wrote Safe Seen and Stretched in the Classroom which was the first one, really about collecting those teacher stories sitting at the farmer's market, flea market, craft fair with a sign, inviting people to talk to me about their teachers. So that book talks about that process and what we can learn from those stories. And then when the pandemic came, I started working on Pause, Ponder, and Persist. That one came out a year and a half ago. And then this past fall, the Lessons That Last book came out with Laura, which is 185 of those sweet teacher stories, which is short reflections. She said, I need like one in the morning before I start my day every day. So we did that together.
0: That's good. Yeah. I love that. Now, if someone wants to bring you into their school to, to talk to them, I know you do consulting. What would be the best way to connect?
2: Um, And if you want the stories, chalkandchances.com is the place to go. If you're looking for me and the work I do, com is the place to go. So two different spots for two different things. But either way, you can find me.
0: Awesome. And if you could have the listeners walk away with one thing, what would that be?
2: Hmm. I would say... To really work on that mindset around challenges. And as those challenges come up in your day, and they will, to just stop and look for those opportunities and the challenges because you'll be happier. You'll make a greater, more consistent impact on kids. I can't tell you that just that one mindset shift will make such a difference in your life and your work.
0: Yes. Oh, uh, so good. And uh, Dr. Hassan, this has been such a blessing. Your work is uh, so needed. I think it's needed for the young teachers that are just coming in. It's needed for teachers like myself that have been in it for for 20 years and need that spark, need that reminder so that we don't get burned out. So I can't wait to see what you continue to do because I know there's more on the horizon for you. And uh, thank you for all you do, my friend.
2: Oh, back at you, Brian. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's been so fun. Thank you.
2: This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcasts. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: This conversation was so good. Dr. Hassan is amazing, and she shared so many gems. Now, this is a Teaching Champions take where I share three of my favorite takeaways from this conversation. And the first gem is all about knowing yourself. Dr. Hassan talked about why we need to know ourselves, why we need to know our body, our triggers, and it's so important. If we want to set ourselves up for success and be able to stop ourselves from that downward spiral, then we need to know ourselves. We need to know what sets us off and the tools that are the most successful for us to get out of our ruts. The second gem that I loved is how Dr. Hassan talked about humble inquiry, and it's so important. And I can only speak for myself on this, but I know I can be quick to judge. And it's far more important to be curious, to ask questions, to listen. Because what we might find out, it might completely change how we view a situation. And the third gem that I loved is all about grace. You know, you show your students and those around you a tremendous amount of grace. Make it a point to show yourself grace. Now, these are just a few of my favorite takeaways Please hit me up on x at Real or on Instagram at Teaching Champions Podcast, and let me know what were a few of your favorite takeaways. A big thank you to Dr. Hassan for sharing so many gems and a big thank you to all of you for being here, for being part of the Teaching Champions community, for supporting, for encouraging, for lifting each other up. And always remember, it doesn't matter whether you're from rural America to urban America to Canada to Spain to Bahrain. We're all on that same team. We're all on that same mission, and we're always better together. Keep being amazing, my friends. And as you go out to the week, may you step into your strength, may you step into your shine, and let's build our champions up. Have a great week, everybody.